and welcome to The Watcher's Diaries, a weekly podcast all about Buffy. I'm Mary. And I'm Froggy. And this week we're talking about Season 3, Episode 15, Consequences. Here we go, folks. Cool. This is going to be another salty episode. Yep. We are on a jaunty ride to hell. So I have just one announcement this week, and really, I should have made it last week, so my apologies. <laughs> um, but in two weeks, we're going to do our next book club episode, and we're going to switch things up a bit. So instead of going straight into the next, and for the moment last, uh, Kate book, we are going to read Sins of the Father, because it is a Buffy novel set during season three, and it involves Pike. So we Yay, are yeah. finally going to get to see Pike come to Sunnydale and perhaps see a bit more of how the events of the movie and the events of the show blend together. Yep. I know you talked about that when you did the movie yeah. initially. So yeah. And I haven't read this one. So yeah, I don't remember if I've read this one. So I'm very excited. Yeah. So this will be this will be a fun trip for us. I have to put my thrift books order through yeah so we'll we'll put a, a link to the book wh- where we can find it available i think ebay or thrift books is going to be our best options in the show notes also i am going to go ahead and disclaimer this episode <laughs> obviously we are going to be talking about murder a lot of murder so much murder yeah but due to the scene between faith and xander later on we are also going to be talking about rape and sexual assault and double standards yes and and the double standards behind them so yes yes. uh as always if this is a triggering subject for you we understand we love you and we will see you next week and i mean y'all know how we feel about xander and we all know how we feel about xander and the way that fandom treats him what he does against what other people do so yeah if you don't want to hear us ranting about that later on in this episode, it's okay. You don't have to. We we love you anyway, but it's going to happen. All right. So let's start breaking this down. <laughs> Consequences. It aired February 16th, 1999. And the synopsis is... When Trick and the mayor hunt for Filch's killer, Faith tries to cast the blame on Buffy, while Xander tries to appeal to her softer side and ends up in harm's way. That's not going to work. So what are our international titles? So most of them were consequence or consequences, but we do have three this week and actually three of our favorite countries that have given us titles. Yes. So in French, we have Above the Laws. Italian, made to kill. Oh, I like that one. And Japanese, when I was going down writing these, I started laughing. And this is the one I was laughing at. It is the consequence of that. I like that one too. (laughs) Oh, no. I just, I loved it because it was just, it had a punch like that. I feel like we're going to have to go with that one because that kind of goes with the like, because they were bad from yeah. like, the previous week. Yeah, yeah. So. It, it really, it really fits with, with the, with the theme. But that's, yeah, when I typed that one out, that was where I started laughing. 
So we once again get a previously on, uh, reminding us that Giles was fired and that a new watcher arrived in the form of Wesley Wyndham Price. <laughs> we also get a recap of last week's events, Buffy and Faith embracing the Slayer life, being all wild and carefree, right up until Faith kills Alan, something Faith claims she really doesn't care about. We're then immediately in Buffy's dream. Well, nightmare, really. She's swimming, or more accurately, drowning. Alan continually pulling her down as she attempts to swim towards the top. And even when she does make it, Faith's waiting to push her back under. As she sinks back below the water, she awakes in bed and wearing a super cute pair of Nick and Nora pajamas. They have little sheeps all over them. I love them. All of her, she has the cutest pajamas. She really does. Yes. Getting out of bed, she wanders towards her mother's room following the sound of Joyce's television. It appears Joyce is also awake and watching the news, specifically coverage of Alan's murder, his body having been found. We learned through this broadcast that Alan was actually the deputy mayor of Sunnydale. Yes. I always thought he was just like, until that point, I thought he was just an assistant. Like, yeah. he just seemed like scared. I just thought he was the mayor's personal assistant. Yeah. Holding a brief press conference, the mayor vows to hunt down whoever did it. Turning to see Buffy, Joyce comments on how it's just awful. Then, from Buffy's horrified slash guilt-ridden face, we go to the credits. <laughs> Still awesome. And I was telling Mary off off mic that as we were watching this today, Mr. Froggy was walking around the house and the credits popped on and he even said, still awesome. He's a very supportive husband. From the credits, we go to the library where Wesley is charging Buffy and Faith with looking into the deputy mayor's murder. Faith is down. No problem. But Buffy, she says that's not really their jurisdiction. Giles agrees. Alan's death was a result of human malice, not the supernatural. The police are looking into it. No need to have the girls do so as well. And if you ask him, there are much better uses of their time. Wesley says he doesn't believe he did ask him. (sighs) Giles is all ready to comment on Wesley and the success of his last venture (laughs) when Cordelia enters. She doesn't want to interrupt, though actually she does. She's in a hurry. Giles asks her what she needs and she says books for psych class. The whole time Giles and Cordelia have been talking, Wesley has just been staring at Cordelia. (sighs) Finally noticing him, Cordelia says to check out Giles the Next Generation. Wesley starts to try and introduce himself, but seems unable to find words. So Faith helps him out. New watcher. Ah. Turning around, Wesley asks if everyone knows about Buffy. (laughs) Buffy says Cordelia's a friend. Yeah, Cordelia wouldn't go that far. Stepping closer to Wesley, she says, so he's the new watcher. Offering his hand, Wesley finally introduces himself, once again using his full name. Cordelia does the same, saying she likes a man with two last names. I'm guessing because it speaks of money or class. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's And, and definitely the way he carries himself is also a lot different from Giles. So mm-hmm. she's thinking young, moneyed Duke. And she teaches psychology? She takes psychology. Passing behind them, Giles says that Cordelia is a student. I love, that is another one of my favorite little moments in Mm -hmm. this series. And also the way that the scene is framed where you just see Giles walking by and he just very casually mentions that she's a student. And this was also another moment when we were watching it this morning where Kevin was like, I love this scene because it is a callback to what you guys talk about her looking like an adult. Mm -hmm. So this is somebody in world acknowledging that she looks a lot older than she's supposed to be. Yeah, I mean, they are only uh, Charisma and Alexis 
are only four years apart. Yeah, in this. Yeah. So yeah. They, are, they are very close in age. Um, he and Allison are eight years apart. Yeah. But yeah, he and Cordelia are, are so... He and Charisma. I mean, we don't know how old Wesley is, but Alexis and Charisma are only four years apart. So like, yeah. I guess they were like, well, if we're going to have them stand next to each other, they do look very similar, similar. in age. Yeah, yeah. Because when she, when she stands next to most of the other cast, because they are you know, either look much younger. Like, yeah, we know that Nicholas is older, but he looks so young. Yeah, he does. When she stands next to everybody, she looks older. But when she stands next to Alexis, she looks age appropriate. Yeah, I really do think that's why they had to, like, back off having Cordelia and Harmony have scenes together. Yeah. Because Mercedes McNabb was only 16, 17 years old, and I think it accented way too much. Yeah. How? And I mean, she doesn't look bad, but she looks no, her No, age. no, she looks she, like yeah. a grown woman. Yeah, no, no, no. We're not saying, yeah, we're not saying anything against charisma not looking good. It's just when you're doing it from a narrative perspective, when you have your scene co-stars looking looking their age and and i mean yeah we always joke about it 10 years younger than you exactly and we always joke about it that she looks like she's somebody's mother but again the fashion of the 90s did not help that no no and it's also good and it's, it's also nice that when we move away from sunnydale with with cordelia and she goes to l.a it's going to be it's it's so much easier because we don't have to make her look like a high school student anymore. We don't have no. to. We're not playing her against actual teenagers. So once she gets there, yes, she's still supposed to be 18, 19 years old, but we don't have to worry so much about her looking like somebody's mom who just came from the tennis club. Yeah. Wesley quickly drops her hand. Anyway, yes, he's there to watch the girls, uh, Buffy and Faith. <laughs> Cordelia doesn't seem to mind, thinks it's about time they got some new blood around there. As Giles finishes checking out her books, Cordelia thanks him and goes to leave, taking a moment to officially welcome Wesley to Sunnydale before she does. When she's gone, Wesley remarks that she's rather cheeky. Oh, Wesley, no. And Faith responds with, first word first jail, word jail second, second word, word bait. bait. All the time, I love, I, and again, again, scene framing, you see Giles in the background stamping her books and he just keeps looking up at the two of them plus also again i love giles in the library he's not as buttoned up as he normally is then we'll see him later he's got the waistcoat he's got the jacket but in the library he's starting to get he's more comfortable now that he's not officially the watcher I know. He's just he's living his best non-watchery life. I know. And then later on, we're going to get some sweaters and... And a sombrero. <laughs> he's going to... Giles is going to have sex. Ooh, well, I Giles. mean, we know he, we knew he, you know, but... On a police car. Twice. On a poli- yeah. Yeah. But not with Buffy's mom. But not with Buffy's mom. No. no. I am sad that, like, we never really get... I mean, we do get follow-through. We'll see it in the prom and we'll see it in graduation day. And I know, like, graduation day, they decided it's going to be a disaster. But I am kind of sad that once they were both on Angel, we never really picked up the, like, Wesley and Cordelia trying to have a relationship. Yeah. 
Because yeah. I think they were very good together. I think they're very cute together. But, I mean, they do develop this amazing friendship, especially when they're mocking Angel. Oh, I love, yeah. When, when, once you have, once you have Wesley and Cordelia, once they're, they're comfortable with each other on Angel, like, it's such a great, it's such a great friendship. It's so much fun. Wesley tries to regain his composure and a little bit of his dignity, asking the girls, where were they? Done. Buffy hops off the table. They were done, right? Yep. Off on patrol. Faith stands and Wesley says for them to hang on a moment. He's their commander now. And on the matter of the issue, he is resolved. Whether natural or super, he wants to know about Alan's murder. Faith again says fine by her. Anything that lets her kick a little bad guy butt, she leads Buffy out. And Wesley looks quite pleased with himself. In an empty classroom, that looks a bit like Jenny's old classroom, minus the computers. R.I.P. Jenny. Buffy and Faith have a talk. Faith asking if Buffy's going to rat her out. Buffy says she needs to tell. They need to tell. She can't pretend to investigate this or that she doesn't know. But she can pretend Angel's still dead when she needs to protect him. Buffy says she is protecting Faith. If they don't do the right thing, it's only going to make things worse for Faith later on. Worse. What could possibly be worse than being in jail for the rest of her young life? No thanks. (laughs) Still, Buffy continues and tries to plead with her. What they did? Yeah, they. As in both of them. Buffy was right there beside Faith when it all went down. Faith tells her that anything she has to answer for, so does Buffy. Which... I don't know. It seems like Buffy hadn't thought of that. Like, she knew they had to tell someone about the death. Mm-hmm. And I think up until Faith says something, she thought of herself as a witness. Yeah. Which technically she is. Yeah, because she and and she also did shout out to Faith that something was happening. You know, like that yeah. it wasn't something wasn't right. Yeah, like, she did yell stop, but I mean, obviously it was too late, like, momentum and everything, they're just, Faith couldn't process what Buffy was saying. Yeah. But Faith telling her that she stood there and let it happen, and that she could be seen as an accomplice, like, it clearly terrifies her, Mm -hmm. and worries her, and, you know, she's trying to cope with all this, and then Faith just walks out. (laughs) Because it's Faith. It's Faith. Some time goes by, probably just a few minutes. And then Buffy's wandering the hall right up until she spots Willow sitting in the student lounge. Willow, who is a bit standoffish at first, asking where Faith is, saying she saw her around and so just assumed she and Buffy were on their way to kill more nasty stuff. Buffy says no. Not now anyway. Faith kind of bailed. Both she and Willow start to speak at the same time, stopping and creating an awkward silence. That is until Buffy tells Willow to go ahead. Willow says she's gotta go. She's late. She's actually meeting Michael, which, yay, Michael! Yay! He's helping with the whole de-ratification of Amy attempt. So, yes, (laughs) good. We have confirmation that Michael is still around and in helping with Amy. Though, why is turning her back so hard? I mean, I'm guessing, because in The Witch, aren't we told that only the witch who cast the spell can reverse it? Because, did Amy... Because, yeah, because Amy... Yeah, I think so, because Amy, I think that's also how they got Amy's mom, like, because they, I don't know, like, it, yeah, because, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, it's, 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 no, it's really hard, though, because they were going to take the blood spell off of Buffy with that, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know why this is so hard, that between, like, Willow and Michael, and then Giles's knowledge of the occult, how they can't turn one person back. I don't know. Maybe it's just something that this was a spell that Amy came up with. 
May- I mean, maybe that's it. Maybe because they just- she did. She did use it on Buffy. Buffy before, like she did use it, and then she used it on herself to get out of the binds. So I would think that this that that's that's what I'm going with. This is a spell that Amy came up with. They don't know the spell. They don't know how to get out of the spell, and. We're also going to say that it's just for plot purposes. I mean, it's totally for plot purposes, but I'm like, this should not be this hard. Because it's going to be, it's going to be funny later. Oh, it's very funny later. It's going to be funny later. Yeah, because the image of Amy popping up in the background naked and then going back to (laughs) being a rat. I love that scene. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, Willow heads off and Buffy is left alone to mutter a sad, see ya. I both feel bad for Buffy here and I don't. Yeah. Like, she is going through something, and she's scared. But she did totally blow off Willow for a bit, and so I get Willow being hurt by that. Yeah, yeah, this was, like, in this moment and what Buffy's feeling, I definitely feel for her, but Buffy was being distant before this. Yeah, I, I feel like this scene, we're in a dead man's party situation. Like, everyone's feelings are valid. Are we going about our feelings the right way? I don't know. Yeah. But everybody is having valid feelings. Yeah, yeah. Except in this in in this instance, like, in dead man's party, everybody sucked. Yes, not everybody sucks. Nobody, here. like, and I don't even think Buffy sucks, because it's also, like, the whole thing, the whole thing with, you know, Buffy unintentionally like spending more time with somebody else that's a really realistic thing that happens and happened when you're like when you're an adult it's fine because everybody has their own real world shit that they're going through and Mm -hmm. I mean especially like with our friend group we go days without talking to each other sometimes but we're in different states yeah. But when you're in high school and there's something going on between you and your best friend, it feels like the end of the world and the biggest slight ever. Oh, yeah. No, it's it's a horrible feeling. Or like, I mean, I remember being in high school and even just like being out sick for a day and coming back the next day and feeling like you, you missed, missed it. Yeah. Yeah. You've missed an entire lifetime of oh, yeah. stuff. Yeah. Or, like, there was the one time that, like, you had to go to, like, dinner with your family so you couldn't go to the movies with everybody else. And everybody's talking about how good the movie was and all of these things, and you're just sitting there. Yeah, so it's high you, school, yeah. it's very hard. Yeah, like, you miss you miss one thing that everybody else is, is laughing at and talking about, and it's the worst feeling. <sighs> oh, high school. I know, it's... Everybody, like, some people talk about, like, oh, wanting to go back to high... Like, no. No fucking way. High school was, the, like... I, I mean, I miss I miss some of the friends. I miss some of the times that I had. But that was just... It was too dramatic. It, oh, so dramatic. <laughs> so dramatic. Yeah. When you're, when you're a teenager and you feel everything so strongly... Being an adult is hard enough. Like, I, oh, yeah. I don't want to go back to being a teenager. I can't even imagine it. I'm going to have a teenager in a, in a couple years, so I'll just watch him. Across town, and later that night, police comb the alley where Alan was stabbed. A detective, the same detective who was involved both in the investigation in Ted and the one in Becoming Part 2, collects a witness statement trying to gauge the time of death. Though the witness says she heard a man scream, 
I went back and I watched Alan's death again. There was no scream. No. It happened too fast. Yeah. But I mean, the vampires were kind of loud. So like maybe that's yeah, what she yeah, heard. She, yeah, she could have heard. She could have heard the commotion before and, you know, her not knowing anything else that was going on is linking it with with Alan. From the shadows. And I don't know, looking kind of constipated. Angel's <laughs> just like, his whole face in this scene, I'm like, what are you doing? David, I, I can, David is trying to go for concerned. He is, and it's not landing. It's, it's not. like, I get, I, cause he's, he's, he's doing the angel thing where it, it's season one angel lurking around. Yep. Watching everything that's happening. And Again, he's he's going for concern. He's going for what's going on here. What, you know, like trying to, you know, he's listening. He's intent on everything. But yeah, his 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 face is not doing it right now. He just looks like he needs to poop. <laughs> his attention seems to be zeroed in on the collection. Oh, it's going to take me a minute. Hold on. I do. I before I do want to say that I do like the continuity with having the same detective. I do. I love that. Yeah, so it makes me question why, like, he doesn't just go arrest Buffy immediately. I, like, I think he is like, doing I've the had three times now for a murder investigation. Yeah, I think he's he he's doing that thing where you have to have some sort of evidence. Yeah. Before. And I mean, they'll comment on that later in the episode. Yeah, it, it's but I, I get it. I get it. like I would have like fuck asking around. I would have been on Buffy's doorstep the minute they found a body. Even like I, I feel that would have been a funny that would have been a funny thing. Just like any time a body showed up. Yes. Whether I mean, whether or not there was any evidence just knocking on her door. I want more of him. Right? We need, I want we need his, more detective. We need, you know what? We need a... Um, a I spinoff? Think, or we, we uh, I, did we mention before, like, the Tales from Jabba's Palace and stuff where we want just like... Yes, like a Tales of Sunnydale. We just want to know what's going on. Yeah, we just want, we want a series of short stories of all these other little characters that we don't see much of. But yeah, I definitely want a story of this detective. His attention seems to be zeroed in on the collection of blood samples from the dumpster. He remembers that when he ran into Buffy, there was blood on her hand. Blood she didn't want to talk about. At City Hall, the mayor laments that his shredding of documents is not shredding <laughs> the way it usually does. I do love Trick and his, like, is it supposed to do something besides shred paper? Yeah, I... <laughs> Trick, I love Trick. I do love... You know, didn't didn't mention it during when, when Joyce was watching the press conference. But you could... You can clearly tell that the mayor liked Alan. Oh, yeah. And that's one of my favorite. That's one of my favorite things about him. Like he really did like Alan. And you could tell at the press conference that he was broken up about it and that he is, again, going to get to the bottom of this. He says normally it gives him a lift, but not today. Today he's going to have to find another way to turn his frown upside down. And why would Alan leave such a paper trail? (laughs) Was he going to betray him? No, that's a horrible thought, especially because Alan's dead. He'll never have the chance to scold him. Oh. I just, I, I, I can't with the mayor. I, I, I still love think, him. I think, I did, him. didn't we talk about it last week that we were all pretty sure that Alan was going to, be, that we thought Alan was going to betray the mayor? Yeah, but I mean, I it, 
It's interesting that they do leave it ambiguous. I mean, mm-hmm. I do think as this episode goes on, like the little mentions and stuff, it does make it very clear that Alan was looking for them. Yeah. And I mean, we know as we get farther into the season, we know why he was probably trying to warn them about the Ascension. But like, it was interesting that we didn't get the moment you would normally get when you have a death like this. There was no like cryptic last words. Mm -hmm. There was no like him trying to pull a file from his jacket as he's dying. Like, we just know nothing. Yeah, none of the, you know, none of the the things that you normally you normally get. Yeah. But as it goes on, you do kind of start to piece together that, yeah, Mm -hmm. Alan was probably most definitely (laughs) out there looking for them. Trick says he might just have something that will lift the mayor's mood as he tosses a file from the coroner's office in front of him. What's this? A bombshell. Turns out they found wooden splinters in the body. Alan was stabbed through the heart with a sharp wooden object. And according to his sources, someone, well, two someones, (laughs) just happened to be fighting vampires about a block away from the murder scene. The Slayer, up for murder one. That does change things. (laughs) That is, that is sunshine and roses for him, really. On his kind of maniacal smile, (laughs) we go to down the hall. And hopefully much later, though we will find out in a bit, it is not much later. (laughs) To where Faith and Buffy are breaking into Alan's office. Taking a look around, Faith says they did the world a favor. Alan seems like he was about as interesting as watching paint dry. Buffy scolds her and Faith says she was just joking. Buffy needs to lighten up. Of course, Faith's attitude changes the moment she sees the photo of Alan and the mayor on his desk. When she is forced to remember that this is an actual human they're talking about. She says he came out of nowhere and Buffy says she knows, which apparently was like the worst thing she could do because Faith says she doesn't want to talk about it or acknowledge it anywhere outside of her own mind. (laughs) So she says, whatever. She's not looking to hug and cry, learn and grow. She's just saying it was quick that this whole thing is pointless. Who cares what Alan was about? It's moot now. They should just leave. Buffy disagrees. Alan wasn't in that alley by chance. She thinks he might have been looking for them, and she would like to know why. What? Like there's some big conspiracy going on? (laughs) Opening a drawer, Buffy notices that the files are empty. Paper's missing. So that doesn't prove anything, except that someone doesn't want them proving anything. As they begin to leave, we see that it is, in fact, not much later, as we said, (laughs) as nearly miss running into Manair and Trick. Ducking back into Alan's office, they listen to the two leave, overhearing their plan to turn the heat up on things. <laughs> Walking along the mean streets of Sunnydale, Faith comments on the fact the mayor of Sunnydale is a black hat. Buffy had no idea. She never really got a bad guy kind of vibe off him. Faith wants to know when is she going to learn? Doesn't matter what kind of vibe someone gives off. Because nine times out of ten, the face they're showing you isn't their real one. Buffy says she guesses Faith would know a lot about that. <laughs> and what's that supposed to mean? Look at her. Less than 24 hours ago, she killed a man. And now it's all zippity doodah. That's not Faith's real face and she knows it. She knows what Faith's feeling because she's feeling it too. Okay, well then Faith is very eager to hear what she's feeling. Go on. Buffy says she feels dirty. Like something's crawled up inside her. And she keeps hoping it's a nightmare, but it's not. They're going to have to... Faith interrupts asking Buffy if there's going to be an intermission at any point. (laughs) Buffy just wants to talk to Giles. She's sure he can... No. Faith says they're not bringing anyone else into this. It's fine. It'll all blow over in a few days. And if it doesn't, 
Then there's always some freighter down at the docks leaving twice a day. It's not fancy, but it gets you gone. So that's it. Faith's just going to live with it. Going to see the dead guy in her head every day for the rest of her life. Faith says she's not going to see anything. She missed the mark last night. And yeah, that sucks for Alan, but it happens. Besides... How many people have they saved? How many times have they stopped the world from ending? In Faith's opinion, that puts them firmly in the plus column. Okay, sure, they save people, but that doesn't mean they can do whatever they want. Faith says Buffy's not seeing the bigger picture. They're built differently. They're warriors. Buffy says that doesn't make them better. Yeah, it does. Because they are. Better. People need them to survive. In the balance of the universe, no one is going to cry over some rando who got caught in the crossfires. Buffy says she is, and Faith says that's her loss. (laughs) Zippity-doo-dah. Oh, yeah. All right, so let's start with the basics, and then we'll get a little bit more complex. (laughs) As most everyone knows, this is a Disney song. Originally written for the highly problematic 1946 movie Song of the South. The song won the movie an Academy Award for Best Song and was composed by Ali Rubel and the lyrics by Ray Gilbert. Today, most people probably associate it with Disney Parks and the ride Splash Mountain. Which is also based on... <laughs> which is also based on Song of the South. Yeah, a lot of a lot of people either don't know or forget that Zippity-Doo-Dah came from Song of the South. Because after it came out, there were a lot of recording artists at the time that did record it. Um, there was a, I, I had it in my mind, um, but there, yeah, there were several, several artists that, that recorded it. And it's, oh, Song of the South is just so bad. Yeah. And I know lately uh, we've been talking about it a lot more because it is coming to light just how problematic and flat out racist the nature of all this is. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to the movie, there are a whole slew of articles and blog entries that you can read detailing the issues with it. But it was pretty clear from the moment they released it in theaters that they never should have made it. Not Which at is all. why to this day, a full version of the movie has never been released on home video. Home video. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, once it left the theaters, Disney tried to seal it away kind of pretend it never existed except you know putting excerpts on sing-along videos and the whole (laughs) splash mountain thing weird thing is until i read some of these articles and realized that it was never released i would have sworn we had a copy of it like yeah day of the clamshells Mm -hmm. i would have legit sworn we owned a a copy of this movie i felt the same way yeah i impossible because it doesn't Mm -hmm. exist um and and it's and, and just so just so people know who who aren't aware, just I mean, it is so bad that they're not releasing it like they a lot of the other movies that came out from that time, Peter Pan, Dumbo, Disney Plus now has disclaimers in front of the videos about how it, the movies were a reflection of the time and how it doesn't reflect on the attitudes that we have today. You cannot do that with Song of the South. Because the whole thing is just so bad. There is a conversation around that and a controversy on that. Like a lot of people do believe the film should stay buried, you know, but we have had prominent people come out. um, I believe like Whoopi Goldberg said, no, it, it should be put out there with the understanding this is not right. Yeah. But it should be put out there as a conversation piece. I think... 
I think that there's a place for it. I, I really like I do agree with Whoopi that there is a place for it to be released. It is definitely one of those things where it needs to be released in a way that you are able to have a discussion about it. So in like a like a set like a setting where like, hey, we're we're watching this movie, we're gonna discuss it, we're gonna, you know, we like in a very academic sort of way. I mean, I think I think if they were ever to put it on Disney Plus, which I don't think they're ever gonna do. No. I think it should be put up there alongside a like like they do a lot of their like behind the scenes stuff, mm-hmm. but have prominent african-american people in hollywood and some of the people who worked on the show worked on the movie if they're still around Mm -hmm. talk about the issues in the movie so you do have this like okay you watch the movie and then you watch this to understand yes like i think if they ever release it it should be something like that that's i agree i agree like there should be a historical context to it a way that you know people the, the people who are most affected by it are able to discuss it and are able to really dig deep into it and we know that there's a certain part of the population that just don't fucking care yeah they want to they'll watch it just to be racist oh yeah (laughs) and then they'll be like and then they'll sit there going oh there's nothing wrong with this yeah you know but yes zippity doodah yeah, I, I mean, the song itself, uh, while Disney's version has no racist lyrics to it, an argument can be made that the phrase zippity doo was inspired by another phrase from a very racist song, its title being the equivalent to a racist slur. So, yeah. Um, but like I said, if you want to know more about this whole issue, all you have to do is Google it. There's a ton out there, especially now that the Splash Mountain re-theme is finally moving forward. Which so excited. So I know. I'm excited. I'm yeah, I'm excited about I'm excited about the retheme. My only thing is my only demand, so you know, not that any imagineer is listening to this, but when you are climbing that hill to the drop in what used to be like the laughing place with like the vultures, when you're going up that hill, I better hear like friends on the other side with the like, are you ready? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That like, that yes. would be that's my one demand. My one, I think it's like literally everyone's demand. Oh yeah. Cause that's, that's a perfect place. Yeah. That's a perfect place for it. Are you ready? And then it drops you down. Yeah. Like, that's up. but yes. <sighs> anyway, <laughs> <laughs> heading home, Buffy is greeted at the door by Joyce, who says her name before opening it wider to reveal the detective. What follows is a back and forth between the summer's home and the motel as Buffy and Faith are both questioned. What time did they get home? What were they doing out so late? Etc. And when that yields nothing, the detective moves to intimidation. Someone saw them. He has a witness. The murder weapon involved was wood. Mean anything? Neither girl budges, and so he leaves, reminding them that if they know something or are protecting someone, it's just best they come forward. As he departs the hotel, we see that Angel is, once again, creeping in the shadows. So clearly, you know, we know the mayor sent the cops to question them or mm-hmm. trick one of his vamps calling an anonymous tip to the station, which now that I think about it is way more likely because if the mayor directly sent the cops, like, why weren't they just taking the city hall? Yeah. Yeah. Some There was definitely a tip off. At Willow's, Willow sits at her desk doing something on her computer. <laughs> As she sits there, we see that she has three framed photos sitting on her desk. She's definitely just doing that thing where... You're bored. You want to do something, but you don't know what you want to do. You don't know what you want to look up. And she's just clicking. 
Yeah, she's, she's just clicking. She's scrolling the AOL chat rooms, just yeah. kind of seeing what's going on. Yeah, she's she's just online just to be online. So we see that she has three famed photos on her desk. Two of her in Xander and one of her in Oz. And I think this is important. Like what's going on between her and Buffy. Because no matter what is going on, whether they are in love with each other or not, Willow and Xander are always going to love each other. Mm-hmm. And they are always going to be the top of each other's lists. It's why Xander will be the one to be able to draw Willow back in a few years. Xander doesn't have to be Willow's boyfriend to mean something to her. And I like, I really think we do need to remember that. And that's why, that's kind of why I hated that they used the two of them like cheating as a draw, like as a drama and to, to like, cause yes, she had a crush on him. And that is a very realistic thing that happens, you know, when you're yeah. a girl who has a male bet, you know, you that that happens. But I would have loved it to have just been completely p- platonic. Of course. Especially because she was dating Oz. Like she had finally found somebody that looked at her the way that she wanted somebody to look at her. And yeah, you know, Cordy and Xander were typical mismatch high school relationship. That mm-hmm. we know wasn't going to last. But I, I really hate that trope of using two people who never would have gotten together to kiss or do something as a way of throwing a wrench into situations. Yeah. Coming to the French doors that open onto Willow's <clears throat> little balcony, which why didn't she exit through those when her life was in danger in gingerbread? <laughs> I know normally Willow would probably never think of sneaking out when grounded, but extenuating circumstances, Willow. She probably didn't expect to be dragged away to be burned at the stake. That's true. Buffy says she needs to talk to Willow. Good, because Willow wants to talk to her too. There's some stuff she's been meaning to say that she's been letting fester, and she wants to be fester free. Buffy says she does too. And so Willow begins. She gets it. She does. She understands why Buffy and Faith are spending so much time together. They work together. They should get along. Buffy with tears in her eyes says it's more complicated than that. See that? That right there. Mm -hmm. That's what her off. The whole slayers only attitude. Since when wouldn't Willow understand? Buffy talks to her about everything. And now suddenly it's like she's not cool enough for Buffy because she can't kill things with her bare hands. (laughs) Which is when Buffy breaks. (laughs) A hand going to cover her mouth as she begins to sob. Willow, having absolutely no context for this, (laughs) she's at fault and immediately goes to hug her best friend. She's sorry. I love it. I love it. She's just, she really thought she broke Buffy. (laughs) She didn't mean to make her cry. Sometimes she unleashes and she doesn't know her own strength. (laughs) It's bad. She's bad. She's a bad, bad person. Oh, Willow. (laughs) Buffy tells Willow she's in trouble. Willow looks concerned and we skip forward a bit. Buffy clearly having told Willow what happened. She says the way Faith acts, it's like she doesn't care. Like she didn't make this mistake. Willow wonders if it's shock and Buffy, she doesn't know. But she's pretty sure the detective knows more than he's letting on. Knows that she was lying. Willow tells her she needs to go to Giles. Giles will know what to do. Because as Cordelia reminded us in Ted, he accidentally killed a guy once. (laughs) Yeah. And so... Go to Giles, Buffy does. Heading from Willow's house to the library. As she approaches the office, she calls out for Giles. He comes out to meet her and she says she doesn't really know how to say this. So she's just going to come right out and do it. She knows she's kept stuff from him before, but 
As she's talking, Faith emerges from Giles' office, giving Buffy a sort of glare. And so Buffy changes direction. She's uh, been blowing off her classes, not going. And uh, Faith says, it's okay. She told him. And for a moment, Buffy actually seems relieved. She told him she had to. He had to know what she did. And the relief is gone. (sighs) What she did? (laughs) Faith is pinning this all on her. She attempts to tell Giles the truth, but he just tells her to get into his office. That he doesn't want to hear any more lies. Faith, he says, he'll talk to her in the morning. Unable to believe this is happening, Buffy heads into Giles' office and Faith goes to leave, apologizing as she does so. When she's gone, Giles heads into his office. Immediately, Buffy begins anew. He has to believe her. She didn't do this. She knows she's messed up before, but the murderer, it's Faith. He knows. Apparently, while Faith has many talents, lying isn't one of them. And also, this is Giles. This is Giles who has known Buffy for, what, three years at this point? Yeah. Almost three years. He knows her. Yeah. He knows that. And he knows that if she herself, with nobody else around, had done something by mistake this big, she would have told Giles. Mm-hmm. Giles would know about it. And because Giles would understand that mistakes can be made and it sucks, but like he would know. And but then Buffy would is more careful. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's the thing. So I even have in my notes. I'm like, I don't I don't think it's as Faith is a bad liar. I actually think Faith is a very good liar. Oh, she's a good liar. I think it's just Giles knows these girls. Yeah. Yeah, he 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 knows Buffy and he knows Buffy would never do something like that. Or at least, again, he wouldn't she she would be she would be torn up like if she didn't have somebody behind her telling her not to do not to tell Buffy for a moment. She's not even sure what to do. She's obviously relieved, but she was so hopped up on terror and defensive adrenaline that she needs a moment to let it all leave her body. She then says she thought he he needed faith to believe he was on her side as he's not sure how far Faith would take this charade. I love that he says charade. I know. Uh-huh. Try far. Like, all the way. Giles tells her she should have come to him immediately. She wanted to. She did. But Faith wouldn't hear of it. Buffy says it's not entirely her fault. What happened? They both thought it was a vampire. By the time Buffy realized it wasn't, it was too late. Giles tells her this is not the first time something like this has happened. It's not. The Slayer is on the front line of a nightly war. It's tragic, but accidents have happened. So what do they do? Giles explains that normally the council would investigate and then hand out punishment if punishment were due. But he has no plans to involve them in this as this is the last thing Faith needs right now. She's unstable, unable to cope with the situation she's in. So then they just need to help her deal. Giles says she's deep in denial. There's no helping her until she admits what happened. Buffy says maybe she can try to talk to her, perhaps. Or maybe she's too close. Maybe one of the guys should try. Giles says there's a chance one of them has seen a different side of her. But in the meantime, no one else can know. The situation is too delicate. If they scare Faith off now, they may lose her forever. Of course, as he's saying this, we see Wesley watching Buffy and Giles through the window of Giles' office and looked very put out that he was not invited to the super secret meeting, which means he is about to do something that will make the situation a thousand times worse. Of course he is, because he just doesn't know how to make things better. Good job, Wesley. Go team. Uh, But before we get into how Wesley ruins everything, 
<laughs> oh, Wesley. <laughs> Let's talk a bit about this whole conversation in Giles' office. Yeah. Because it makes sense. Mm-hmm. The Slayer is, for all intents and purposes, fighting a war. We have yep. heard that time and time again. And we know, especially from real world experience, civilian casualties happen in war. Yes. So yeah, it it makes perfect sense that the council has something in place to deal with that situation. And that's why, you know, that's why I feel like if Buffy had come to Giles, it, it would have been easier. Yeah. And also if the council worked. Was, yeah, the way that it was supposed to. But yeah, but Travers sucks yeah. because I think if the council worked the way it was supposed to, it actually would have made things better mm-hmm. because you call them in, they see that it was clearly an accident and they could assure Buffy and Faith of that, that Faith didn't actually do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. Like she, In the heat of battle, she made a choice. Yep. And in this time, it turned out badly, but that was the choice she had to make. And that that then they could help it all go away. But faith had to be faith. But faith had to be faith, and Travers has to be Travers, and the council kind of sucks. And so, yeah, calling them is going to make it 110% worse. Yep. Because all of this would have been able to be solved if nobody sucked. Interesting that there is some assumption that Willow and Xander have spent time with Faith separate from Buffy. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's very, it's a very interesting assumption. And I mean, maybe they have. I, but it, I, something, I mean, I know why, it's just like why we couldn't have seen more of Faith in general. Mm-hmm. I do wish we had seen a little something to back that up because we'll talk about it in a few minutes when we get to the cafeteria conversation. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't know. I don't know. It's a very interesting, interesting thing that that Giles would think that they had seen a different side of Faith. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot that happened off screen that would have been nice to have more indication because everything through most of the season since Faith showed up, we always get the feeling that she's just not there. Yeah, like we like there was there was even the point where Buffy was like, oh, Faith is on one of her unscheduled walkabouts or something. And I think like looking back on that, I think this is why like I didn't like Faith for the longest Mm -hmm. time because I'm like, well, she shows up. They don't really interact much. And then she's evil. Yeah. So I think I think a lot because again, we're we're a TV show is just one short glimpse into the lives of these characters. So it does feel like more is going on in the days that are off screen. I really would have liked more of a build up to like bad girls because I think we talked about I think we talked about it last week. We did. Where Buffy is bad for 2 seconds. Yeah. Because then Buffy being bad for for a little bit longer and slowly going to face level would have sold quote unquote Buffy being responsible for Alan's murder a little bit more with the gang. Like, yeah, we, we like it's obvious. Like Buffy, Buffy went was bad for two seconds. I mean, she was bad longer than that before, you know? So it that some things are all are, are missing. That's that's the point of it. Like there's yeah more that could have you can only do so much 
You can. But I wish more could have been done. Yeah. And I think we also would have cared a lot more when we get to like this point and what's coming up because we would have been like, you know, Faith is one of the gang. Like she and Buffy mm-hmm. are clicky. Like what? Why is she turning on Buffy? But we're just like, yeah. oh yeah, this was always going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. But there, there was always too much of a gap yeah. between Faith and Buffy. Still like Faith better than Nadia though. Oh, so much. <laughs> So, Wesley. Oh, Wesley. Oh, Wesley. Not only does he go back to his hotel room to call the council. Oh, no. He asked to speak directly to Travers. Wesley, why? Why? It's like Wesley is not even helping wrong. He is helping not at all. Not at all. No, no. He thinks he's helping, but he is not helping at all. Back at Sunnydale High, the gang gathers in the cafeteria to formulate a plan. Willow suggests maybe they all talk to Faith together. What? Like the intervention thing they did for Buffy? Buffy says if she remembers correctly, she and Xander nearly came to blows. Xander says she nearly came to blows. He nearly came to loss of limbs. <laughs> Giles says Faith couldn't handle such a confrontation. She's much too defensive. She'd do better with a one-on-one approach. Xander could be the one on her one. Wait, let him rephrase that. He thinks he might be able to get through to her. They have a connection. <laughs> Giles's face when he says that is it's glorious. It is glorious. The like the actual like what the fuck yeah. expression that he has. I had paused at that point to like type up some notes and I was I was dying like just at Anthony's face because it was perfection. Yeah, he Again, that was some brilliant face acting where he, his face went on a journey. Yeah. Uh, And nobody else understanding what Xander's talking about is beautiful. Buffy's trying to put together why Xander would ever think he and Faith have a connection. As Giles (laughs) says that Xander is the person he would think has had the least contact with Faith. Which to me is funny because like we were just saying... Um, based on what we've seen on screen, Xander has had the most interaction. Yeah. With her outside of Buffy. I don't think we've ever seen Faith and Willow talk one-on-one. Yeah, but and but the other thing is nobody knows nobody knows about him meeting up with Faith that night. No, but they know that like he talked to her about Angel. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I literally don't think we've seen Faith and Willow have a conversation that did not also involve Buffy and or Xander. Yeah, again, things are missing. Xander says they've hung out recently. And when they did, she seemed to react well to having him around. Buffy asks when they hung out. And Xander says it was the night of the apocalypse. She was fighting one of the demon things and he helped her out, gave her a ride home. And they talked. Not extensively. It was more Buffy starts to put two and two together, (laughs) as does Willow. And Giles. (laughs) Buffy and Giles both respond with a, oh. But when everyone looks to Willow, she just says, she got it. They slept (laughs) together. Buffy tells Xander that she knows he means well, but Faith, she doesn't take the guys she has a connection with very seriously. They're kind of a joke to her. No offense. Xander laughs a little (laughs) bitterly and says, no, no. Why would he take offense to that? I mean, she's not wrong. She's not wrong, but you still didn't need to tell Xander that. (laughs) Giles says if he wants to help, he could use some assistance with the research, as there is still the business of the mayor and Mr. Trick. Poor Willow. She's Mm -hmm. just 
kind of staring at the ground as Buffy confirms that the mayor and Trick seemed rather cozy the other night. Again, Google Docs tried to shame me. Oh, no. I spelled cozy. <laughs> I spelled cozy with, with an, an S. S. Yeah. And it was like, yes. Hello, did you really mean to British? Because in America, we spell this with a Z. Yeah, I I get that from I get that from Google Docs a lot too. I'm like, damn Google Docs. I know, I know. They try to shame us for. See, this is this is what comes from us reading too much Britlet. Yes, yes. Giles then asks if she can look into the mayor's files, and after taking a moment to actually realize someone is talking to her, she says, "Yeah, yeah." Definitely. Good. Because they need to find out what exactly is going on with him. What about Faith? Buffy looks at Giles and Giles says he doesn't know. Buffy reminds him that Faith needs help. Now. She owes Faith that much. From the cafeteria, we move to the girls' restroom and Willow crying as Kathleen Wiltholtz, Wish We Never Met, plays. Mm. I actually saw a TikTok where another podcast called this moment ridiculous and said that Willow, having clearly chosen Oz, should be over Xander by now. And I just, that's not how love or life works. And it's not, it's not how love, it's not how life, like you cannot choose how your feelings work. No, and especially with first crushes. Yeah. And I mean, I don't even think this moment is entirely about Xander. Like he plays a big part of it. Yes, don't get me wrong. It's the the thing is, it is again about faith. Yeah, it's and it's a culmination of everything Willow's been feeling for the last two episodes because she felt pushed away by Buffy and she felt like with her, even with her magic, she wasn't good enough. Yeah. Because of a slay, she's not a slayer. She's not worthy of her best friend. Mm -hmm. And now her other best friend has seemingly chosen that same person. Yeah. Faith has taken both her best friends. That's and that's exactly it. And I think what a lot of people miss is nuance. And there's layers and there's there again, like you just cannot control what is going to get to you. Like how many times, even as an adult, where you get upset at something and you're just like, what the fuck? Why am I crying over this? Yeah, it's feelings are not rational. No, feelings are not rational, especially when you're a teenager, even when you're an adult. Oh, yeah. And it's like, just let Willow have her reaction. She's I know. Don't shame her. Leave Willow alone. Look, I know you hate Xander, everybody. Oh, yeah. But leave Willow alone. I mean, I mean, I am. I am far from being a teenager these days. Like, (laughs) far from it. Yeah. Yeah. Even when I went to my high school reunion last fall with Jackie and I ran into certain people, I definitely needed them to know how super awesome my life was now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I don't. Logically, I don't need their validation. Logically, mm-hmm. I don't need them to know that, like, we're not friends anymore and my life is fantastic. But I still, emotionally, I needed them to know that. I went to my 10-year high school reunion with Mr. Froggy. I needed him to go with me so that everybody could see my cute husband. Yeah. And that, it, and it is, it's a thing, like, no matter how old you get, you still have those feelings of, look at me now, bitch. Yeah. And I will say also from that now, you know, you went to an old girl's school. I one of a, a guy that I had a crush on. I mean, and he was he was a popular kid, you know, was but, but he was in all the that was the thing about my school is like there were popular kids, but the popular kids were the music kids. And we were all we yeah. were all in it together. But like he was like, 
very happy to see me, came over to me, gave me a hug. And here's my person that I have been with since the year 2001 standing behind me. And I'm still having these moments of, oh, my God, he hugged me. Yeah, of course, because that's like that's just how humans work. Yeah. And like, again, like I graduated in the year 2000. Yeah. My reunion was 2010. I was married. So. But and and I told like I even told Mr. Froggy later I'm like I had a crush on that kid and I had a moment of fluttering heart palpitations and he's like don't worry oh. it's fine but yeah like you you just you there's some things you just don't get over no and this is ten years this is ten twenty years in between our high school reactions she is still going through this shit yeah just just leave Willow alone. Yes, we said this was going to be a salty episode, oh. and we haven't even gotten to the. We haven't even gotten to the saltiest part. No, we're getting there though. It's it's coming. That it's coming like right now. Right now, exactly. <laughs> Good timing. From Willow, we go to Xander sitting all pensively in the library, and then to Faith at the motel. She's lying across the bed watching TV when a knock comes at her door. Getting up, she answers it to find Xander standing outside. He wanted to come by and see how she was. Sick of everyone asking her about it for one thing. There's some awkward silence and then Xander asks if he can come in just to talk. Faith's kind of amused by that. Does he really think he could make something happen if she didn't want it to? No, no, she's got him there. Just feel his bicep. It's pretty much a wet noodle. Knowing what's about to come, this whole conversation is just because Faith knows. Mm Mm-hmm. Faith knows she can physically best Sander and that while he would never force her, not that he ever would, hyena times aside, Mm -hmm. she could most definitely force him. And what I find interesting going into this scene from the time they slept together in the Zeppo is that when I was looking through some of the official books, like uh, The Watcher's Guide and The Book of Monsters, it very clearly says that Faith seduced Xander in the Zeppo, that Faith did that as a way to take something else from Buffy. So looking at it in that way, that Zeppo wasn't just like the two of them both being horny. I mean, Xander is a teenager, but he's always horny. Yeah, yeah. But like, they're both being like, yeah, let's do that. But that it was very intentional seduction. From Faith's point of view. From Faith's point of view, just adds to everything that's about Yeah, that that is a definite, that is something that's definitely puts a lot more into perspective because yeah like if you don't if you don't look deeper into it again because faith has always said she gets riled up after a fight and she didn't have any kill at that point yeah so you know i don't i don't even know if that's something faith knew she was doing at the time but it was obviously the impetus of the writers that this was something subconsciously which mm -hmm. is probably why the next episode faith is like oh you guys never went at it yeah because it was like oh well i thought you know and like it was reaffirming to her that now she's had this thing that Buffy Buffy hasn't had yeah yeah because Buffy and 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 again like a lot of it has been her being compared to Buffy and seeing just how different she is from Buffy so this is something that she is taking for herself and then again we she realizes in the next episode that it's something that Buffy never did. Faith tells him he has five minutes and he assures her that is all he needs for talking conversation. He promises that he will be quick as a bunny. Faith switches off the TV and comes to stand with him. And what the hell is that thing on the wall? <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know. It both 
looks like a dead, dried out <laughs> puffer fish and like those spiny seed. Po- I don't know. It's very I don't know. Odd it's, decor. It is. It's very strange. So yeah, Xander tells if he heard what happened and that he thought she might need a friend. Well, then he should probably go talk to Buffy because she is the one who killed a guy. Xander says he heard that version. Version? He tells her <laughs> that the important thing is that what happened, it was an accident. No, the important thing is that Buffy is the accidental murderer. <laughs> Taking a breath, Xander tells her that she may not think so, but he knows her. He's seen her after battle, and, and sometimes it's like she's this wild thing. Like she doesn't know what she's doing. The sentiment makes Faith smile. Wickedly. <laughs> But smile all the same. She tells Xander that he's living proof of that. See, Xander knows she's just trying to hurt him. But he's not going to let her push him away. She needs someone on her side. And he's willing to be that person. To testify in court if she needs him to. Oh, Xander. Oh, yeah. Faye Shark, he'd just love that. Getting up in front of all his geeky friends. Saying how she made him her boy toy for a night. No, that's not it. Faith gets closer, saying she knows why he's really there. He came for another taste. He did not. It was good. Don't get him wrong. Fun. Also kind of a blur. And yeah, maybe one day, but not today. Not now. And not like this. How then? Lights on or off. Kinks are vanilla. Faith's hands are all over him as she begins subtly directing him towards the bed. Sandra throws off her hands, telling her to stop. He came there to help her. He thought... He thought they had a connection. With a laugh, Faith throws him down on the bed, straddling him. She says he wants a connection, then let it be skin. She sees, she wants, she takes, and then she forgets. While she talks, she's pushing up his shirt, sliding her hands all over his chest, kissing his face. He tells her no. It was more than that. Faith tells him that she can do anything she wants to him, and he'll like it. She can make him scream or die. Because as she's kissing him, she's also been putting her hands around his neck and so begins to choke him out until Angel arrives and knocks her out. You know what? For once, Angel, we're happy to see you. We're so happy to see Angel. Okay. So today on Things the Fandom Never Seems to Talk About. Here we go. This This is what we warned you about. Okay. Everyone loves to bring up Scene Red. And they love to bring up the pack. But no one ever seems to talk about what Faith does in this episode. Nope. How she full on attempts to not only rape Xander, but kill him. I don't know if it's because it's Faith and she's a favorite character of many Mm -hmm. or because it's happening to Xander. And we all know about how the fandom feels about Xander or because it's a female character doing it to a male character. And like we've talked about in the past, male trauma in these instances tend to be overlooked. Yep. And this, the thing that, that I like about this scene as fucked up as it is, they make it clear that this is not okay. Oh yeah. No, this is not okay. It's very clear that like Xander is no, this is a no. Yeah. Like this, like, so much, especially in the 90s, and, and this is another place where Buffy was a lot, was ahead of its time in a lot of ways, is that in the 90s, something like this would have been played for laughs. It would have been played for, look at how weak this dude is. Yeah. Like, there are so many ways that an assault on a man by a woman would be played off. This makes it clear. Faith is unhinged. 
she is at a point where she doesn't give a fuck what she does. And she even says it. Want, take, half. Yeah. She says the same thing to Xander that she said when they were breaking into a sports store. So she looks at Xander as a thing that she gets to take because she wants to. Absolutely. And I mean, it's not even that it would be played for laughs. I think the majority of the time in the 90s, this would have been played as a no, no. Well, okay. Yeah. Yeah. He would have given he would have given in. And and Xander never does. No. His no is very clear through this entire scene. His his discomfort, even though he's not fighting back. Well, because he knows he can't. He can't. He can't. There is nothing that he can do. Like, it is clear that this is not okay. And the fact that, and again, seeing Red and Xander's actions in the pack, we're not saying that it's okay by any stretch of the imagination. No, absolutely not. But what we're saying is the fact that this, and, and even to the point where a couple times we've brought it up and we forget that it happened because it's not something that is discussed often enough. No. Like the the main thing is that if we're going to call out these actions and we're going to talk about them and we're going to talk about the problematic nature of the characters that perform them, we got to do it across the boards with children. Yeah. We, we can't pick and choose who we want to blame for these kind of things. And that's and and that is one thing that that Mary and I have agreed on f- discussing this show for the longest time is everybody has fucked up. Everybody. Everybody. There is a character in this show who has not fucked up. Everybody has done something problematic. Everybody. And, and even in the, the sense of the universe they've done, you know, not, you know, not just problematic for the time, problematic for the world. I mean, who, when we get to, uh, to Willow and Tara and like the mind magic, I got, I have thoughts on that one. And the thing, the thing that again, like with this scene is they make sure, you know, it's fucked up. No matter who it is, Willow's shit with Tara later on is not okay. It's not okay. So we need to just not, I know as women, we want to discuss all the problematic shit that men do, but we need to discuss, we need to call out our own shit too. Yeah, we do. And we need to recognize that men can have trauma the same as we, I mean, we just saw a huge public trial. Yeah. Talking about this. Yeah. Yeah. Men like can be raped. Men can be abused. And we have to believe them the same way we would believe a woman. And, you know, and and it's it's a double standard. It's a double standard for abuse in any situation. I mean, you have you know, you talk about, you know, relationship, you know, grooming by by teachers and the and students if you have a male teacher and a female student people get up in arms immediately mm-hmm. but if you have a female teacher and a male student you get all of these people coming out of the woodwork saying oh he's living the dream he got the hot teacher it's abuse no matter who it is against and that's what frustrates frustrates me so much when we have conversations in this fandom is that this scene is completely forgotten because it's faith yep. and not you know what and it's not just because it's faith because it's a character that people don't like. Yeah. So because people don't like Xander, they don't want to acknowledge this shit that he went through. No. 
They don't. And it's fucked up. Yeah. I mean, and and again, we talk about Xander like, yes, we love him, but we don't think he's perfect. We know that he's. He is a stupid boy. We know that he, you know, but. But he is our stupid boy. He's our stupid boy. But he doesn't he doesn't deserve the shit that he gets. No. And to have everything come back down on him when other characters, female characters, do just as fucked up things. And that, like, I like that this show shows. Yeah. That Willow, we absolutely adore Willow. Willow's going to do some fucked up shit later on. But she's going to do some fucked up shit later on. And we're going to talk about it. We are going to discuss that it's not okay. So as a fandom, we need to remember that not only, Xander's not the only one. Yeah. Everybody has issues. He's an, he's, he's, he's the teenage, he's the teenage boy. So he's an easy target. Oh, he is. And he's fucked up. Yeah. And it's okay that he's fucked up. Yeah. Everybody fucks up. It's okay. We just, we recognize it and we move on. You don't have to like him, but let's not forget about the fact that he is not the only one who is not perfect. Exactly. (sighs) Okay. That, I, that, that was a lot. That was a lot saltier than than even I expected to to get. Like that yeah, not was not as me- violent as a mess. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> no. Yeah, no. See, see, that was that was the angel hate versus the Xander love. Is <laughs> we are mad on behalf of Xander. <laughs> yes. Coming to Faith finds herself chained up in the mansion. How convenient that Angel <laughs> kept the chains for when he was chained up there. You know what? I mean, first of all, where is he going to get rid of them at? That's true. You don't want anybody fi- else finding these chains. That's true. And you never, and it's Sunnydale. You never know when you might need them. Faith's not surprised he finally tied her up. She never really pegged him for a one slayer kind of guy. Oh, fuck off, Faith. Angel apologizes. It's not that he doesn't trust her, but, well, no. It's that he doesn't trust her. That thing with Xander, Faith says she knows what it looked like. But they were just playing. And they forgot the safe word. Angel is so full of doubt right now. I, I really, this, this, um, this angel, as we're seeing him here in this episode, you're really starting to see him moving toward who he will be when he gets to Angel. Like, oh, yeah, he, he is, is Angel. He is. Yeah. Like, I, I am loving the personality that he is showing here, you know, and the fact that he wasn't involved in anything else going on in the episode, but he started to put two and two together. Like, he didn't even really he didn't even talk to anybody. He was just doing his own thing. He was doing his own investigation. So, like, it really does feel like it's setting up to his transition. Yeah. Faith says safe words are for wusses. Coming to kneel down in front of her, Angel says she's not big on trust games, is she? What? Are you going to shrink her now? No. He just wants to talk. That's what they all say. Then it's, I just want to stay the night. I promise I won't try anything. Is it just me or is there a bit of like Liam's Irish accent creeping into Angel's dialogue here? I li- yeah, it does feel like he's going for something. Like, that's weird. <laughs> it, it's, it's a choice. <laughs> Angel says if she wants to go the long way around, he can do that. He's not getting any older. He leaves her then, walking out to the garden where Buffy is waiting. Buffy asks how she is, and Angel says it's like talking to a wall, only you get more from a wall. But he's going to keep trying, right? Yeah, he's just getting started. So what should she do? Right now, there's nothing for her to do. Okay, 
well, this might take a while, so why doesn't she go to Faith's place? Get some of her stuff? Then they'll see they're on her side. Angel warns her not to get her hopes up. Faith may not want their help. She does. He reminds her she killed a man. That changes something within her. But Giles said with counseling, they may not even have to lock her up. (laughs) That's not what he's talking about. She's taken a life. She has a taste for it now. Back at City Hall, the mayor and Trick review the security footage of Buffy and Faith sneaking into Alan's office. (laughs) Not one Slayer, but two. Right there in the building. Trick tries to mention how there was supposed to be a guard, but the mayor silences him. They're at his favorite part, where the Slayers see him and Trick in the hall, thick as thieves. (laughs) Oh, wait, they are thieves. (laughs) And now they know it. So they can't talk from jail. The mayor tells Trick that unfortunately, they don't have enough evidence to put them away. So Trick is going to have to find a more efficient solution (laughs) and find it fast. Angel's still working on trying to get through to Faith, saying he knows what it's like to take a life, to feel the power that comes with it, the exhilaration. It was like a drug for him. Yeah, no, I'm definitely hearing an accent on these words. And I wonder if they filmed this close to like flashback scenes yeah. or something else. It's, it's, it is a choice, like we said. Yeah, it is a yeah. choice. I, I feel like, I, I feel like, because we, we know from, from the next few episodes when he's going to start getting ready to leave. I feel like, I don't know if Angel is channeling his old self because he feels some type of way about everything that's been going on. And I don't know if it was a choice that David made or they told him to do, but yeah, he definitely has a, a bit of an accent here. Faith says it sounds like he could use some help. A professional, maybe? Angel says a professional would have been no help to him and only stopped when he got his soul back. Well, good for him. Look, if they're going to party, then get to it. Otherwise, Faith would really like to get out of the chains. (laughs) Angel tells her she has a choice. She's tasted something few ever do. To kill without remorse, it's like being a god. Faith says all she feels is a cramp in her wrist. Let her go. Angel ignores her. She's not a god. She's not much more than a child. And yet possibly older than the girl you're currently slogging. We shh. We, we don't we don't know we we remember we it's forever this, a mystery it, it will um this is uh, you know what this will be another for my list of things to ask marty Knoxon when i yes how old is faith how old, <laughs> I, like i just want to know how old faith is meanwhile she's like calling the cops <laughs> <laughs> going down this path it will ruin her she can't imagine the price of true evil faith just hopes evil takes mastercard <laughs> Angel says the truth of the matter is, they're a lot of light. Once upon a time, he thought humans existed just to hurt each other. Then he came to Sunnydale, and he found out there were other types of people. People who genuinely wanted to do right. They make mistakes, fall down, but they keep caring, keep trying. Angel says she can trust them. It can all change. She doesn't have to disappear into the darkness. And it looks like Faith might just be ready to start coming around. But no, Wesley's there to make it worse. It definitely, it definitely looked like Angel was getting through to her at this point. But nope, nope. Entering with three others who clearly work for the council, he uses a cross to keep Angel at bay, hold him back and away from Faith while he goes to her. The other men he's with throw a net over Angel and Like, this is such an extreme reaction. I, 
council doesn't want to risk anything? I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, the the reaction they have to him. <laughs> it's just... <sighs> Wesley gets Faith out of her chains and into handcuffs. By the authority of the Watchers Council of Britain, he is removing her back to England, where she will answer to the disciplinary committee. That's interesting. So Watchers Council of Britain. Britain. If there's just one Slayer, and therefore one pool of Watchers, why does he specify that it's the Council of Britain? Are there interconnected councils? And why doesn't America have a council? I have questions. I, I think Wesley's just being extra. I mean, that is also a possibility. He constantly wants to be the most dramatic. He constantly introduces himself. The, the, even the way he says Wesley Wyndham Price, the Astra. way he introduces himself. And we'll even see this when he's when he introduces himself as a rogue demon hunter. He just he has to be the most dramatic bitch in the room. He does. He does. <laughs> In the back of their kidnapper-esque ice cream truck <laughs> type a, thing. Yeah, I mean, that that would definitely raise alarms if it was driving around the neighborhood. Wesley apologizes for the extreme measures. Also, but- this is a dangerous person, and this is how we're keeping her in the back? Yeah, no, this, this is just not good. <laughs> like, you need a full-on Hannibal Lecter-style yeah. rig going on. Like, put her... Put her on the put her on the cart, straight jacket, even cover her mouth up because we know she bites. Oh, she totally bites. Like, make sure her legs are tight. Like, you, you're this is this is not this is underkill. <laughs> this is a rather extreme circumstance. Whatever. He wants to assure her that no one is rushing to judgment. The first priority for him and the council is to help her. Somehow, I don't believe that. I yeah, I I think that's false. While he's been talking, Faith's been trying to wiggle out of her restraints. Seeing her, Wesley says there will be none of that and asks the other man in the back with them to tighten her restraints. Tighten them yourself, you coward! <laughs> anyway, <laughs> he goes to do that and Faith clocks him, placing her boot on his head. She tells Wesley to undo her restraints or else she'll pop the other watcher's head like a grape. He does, telling her that she can't keep running, but she says he's wrong. Punching him as well, she jumps out the back of the truck and takes off. Arriving at the mansion, Buffy sees Faith gone and Angel still tied up in the net. <laughs> <laughs> she just walks in and he's like struggling on the ground in the net. I lost it. I this, totally lost it. <laughs> I mean, this this is the type of comedy moment that I I love. I mean, so much serious is going on in this episode, but this is gold. They just tied him up in a net. A net of all, like, is he a butterfly? Like, (laughs) why are we using nets? I'm I'm pretty sure the Watcher Council has better things at their disposal. They they sent the B team. But I will say, I, I will say good for them for not staking him. Yeah, no, good, yeah, good on them, good, yes. We're very pleased they did it, just kill him. Yeah, because, cause yeah, Wesley Wesley knows that knows that Angel is a vampire, so, like, I'm glad Wesley was probably like, okay, look, this is a vampire's place, yes, I know, but he's a good one, I I know, we're not gonna say, yes, I, I know. <laughs> she rushes to him, and we immediately skip to the library. Angel telling the others that oh, Wesley I'm glad is- we didn't. I'm glad we didn't have to deal with her struggling to get him out of right? the Right? I'm glad we, we just, we just pass over all that. I'm like, can we, okay, like, we know she got her out. Like, 
I, I, I would like to see the comedy outtake of that, of him struggling. Angel tells the others that Wesley is to blame. Of course. When he came with three or four <laughs> others. He must have figured it out. Giles says that if it's true and it was the council, then Faith will soon be on her way back to England to face them. And then, then they'll lock her up for a good long while. Okay, so they head to the airport and try to stop them. Willow's just curious, but uh, why? She knows she's not the most objective. She has an issue with Faith sharing her people, but she murdered someone and she then tried to accuse Buffy. She hurt Xander, who is sitting there, bruises prevalent on his neck, looking like he's in a lot of pain. But sure, sure, Xander, you know. Yeah. Willow hates to say it, but maybe she belongs behind bars. Buffy knows she's out of control, but Angel was getting somewhere with her. If they can just stop Wesley. Entering the library, Wesley tells them that's no longer an issue. He let her get away. Let isn't exactly the word he would use, but yes, she escaped. And there's Angel with the sass. <sighs> All good work. First you terrorize her and then you put her back on the streets. I am I am here for Angel's I, Yeah, class. yeah. I mean, we we've given we've given Angel a lot of shit and we said once he gets his own show, he's gonna be a lot more tolerable. But this is definitely the level of sass that we're gonna be getting from him in the future. Wesley says that wasn't his plan. He was trying to save her. But he didn't. He probably destroyed her. Giles gently scolds Buffy, as sadly yelling at Wesley isn't accomplishing anything. And Buffy focuses. They need to find her. She'll head for the docks. Giles can check the motel. Xander and Willow her haunts. Angel says he'll go to the airport. What about Wesley? He wants to help. Does he still have his ticket back to the mother country? I think Willow and Xander deserve some gold stickers for helping out here, especially Xander. Yep. Faith just tried to hurt him in the worst way. Like she tried to violate him and end his life. And here he is still sore and with visible bruises mm-hmm. going to help save her. Yeah. I will, I will hear no Xander slander on this day or ever. Yeah. Yeah. No, he is. Again, he is. He has his moments, but he is not the evil that people make him out to be. Yeah, he, is, he would have been well within his right at this moment to be like, go find her yourself. And he's he's done that before. Like he has said, I'm sorry. Why should I care? Yeah. You know, when with, going. when when Angel, you know, yeah. like he has said, um, you know, he Angel killed our friend. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to. But in this instance, he is ready to help. At the docks, Buffy searches for Faith. Appearing at the top of the gangplank, she says, Buffy never gives up, does she? Not on her friends, no. Yeah, because the two of them are just such solid buds, right? They could be. Or, you know, you could have been trying to be a better friend this whole time. Yeah, yeah. Faith says if Buffy's expecting her to change, be more like her, Miss Goody Two-Shoes, it's not going to happen. No one's asking her to be like Buffy. But the way she's carrying on, it can't continue. Why? Because it scares her? Yeah, it does. She's hurting people, hurting herself. That's not it. That's not what's bugging Buffy. What bothers her is the fact that Faith's right. That she knows deep down that they don't need the law. They are the law. Shaking her head, Buffy begins to walk away, but Faith follows. Yes, she's seen it. Buffy has it inside her. The lust... And she's not just talking about screwing vampires. Stopping, Buffy tells Faith to leave Angel out of it. It was good, wasn't it? The sex, the danger. She bet a small part of her even dug it when he went psycho. No, 
again, Buffy's walking and Faith is right there beside her. She needs Faith to toe the line because Buffy's afraid of crossing it. She hates watching Faith live her life doing whatever because it tempts her and she knows it could be her. (sighs) Buffy's had just about enough and backhands Faith. Smiling Faith says, there's her girl. No, no. Buffy's not going to do this. Why? Because it feels too good. As they're walking, Buffy notices a crate swinging overhead. She pushes Faith out of the way right as it comes crashing down. As a result, she's the one hit by it. To her credit, Faith goes to help her up, but they're immediately set upon by Trick and some other vampires. A few take on Faith while Trick waits for Buffy to emerge from under the wreckage. It's a brutal fight, but Faith seems to be working her way through all the vampires. All the while, Buffy gets pummeled by Trick, who tries to strangle her with his tie. Faith sees this, and for a moment, we're all left to wonder if she's going to help. She does come through in the end, though, staking Trick, who is quite deplete, quite displeased, <laughs> saying that this, this is not good. <laughs> he explodes into ash, and Buffy and Faith lock eyes. If anyone noticed the ship, it is the Tanager, which is also used in The Usual Suspects. Yep. I do like, I, I do like. Mr. Tricks. I love Mr. Trick. I, and I like his his final his final reaction. R.I.P. Mr. Trick. Back in the library, Giles pours Buffy some cocoa, coffee. It looks too dark to be tea. He says Faith saved her. She did. She could have left her there, but she didn't. And she came back to town with her. That bodes well. She still has a lot to face up to, but this is a good start. Buffy says she's not giving up on her. Then Giles thinks they may just stand a chance. We end this episode in the mayor's office, the mayor getting ready to depart for the evening. He puts on his coat and opens the door to find Faith. He sent his boy to kill her. He did, yes. Well, he's dust. He thought he might be, what, with her standing there and all. Starting to walk past her, she says she guesses that means he has a job opening. Watching her, the mayor starts to close his door. Looks like he's not leaving just yet. The end. Oh, boy. So first you might notice Oz was missing this week. That's because Seth was away filming the second Austin Powers movie, <laughs> uh, which is most like also likely the reason his hair was black. Yeah. Yeah. Previously. Yeah. Because it's black and. Yep. Also, this is this is such a strange episode. It's a good episode. It's a dark episode. Oh, this. Yeah, this is this is, again, one of those episodes where when you watch it, you can imagine what the HBO version would be. Uh-huh. Yeah. But I mean, it is a strange episode because it both wants us to feel sorry for Faith and highlights just what a shitty person she is all at the same time. I think both can be true. I mean, both can be true because, yeah, Faith's past is not the best. And she has a lot of trauma in her childhood mm-hmm. and even in her teenagehood adulthood because, like Buffy, you know, she watched her watcher be murdered in front of her. Mm-hmm. And so... Yeah, all this rallying to help Faith, to make her see that they believe in her. It probably should have happened a lot sooner. Yeah. But none of that excuses her behavior here. I think what happened is a lot of Faith before was them just chalking it up to being, it's Faith. She's a little wild. She's a little crazy. She does things differently. Yeah. So now things are, she's like, okay, Maybe, maybe, okay, she's she's not just a little wild. She is a little cuckoo bananas, and maybe we should do something about this. 
Buffy's probably like thinking back to like the like first conversation when Faith first showed up and she was like, uh, she's crazy and trying to single white female me. And everyone was like, oh, Buffy, you're so silly. And she's probably like, did I not tell you she was cray cray? Did I not tell you that she was trying to take over my life? Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's kind of funny. It's it's kind of funny when you look back on it, how Faith came in and it seemed like she was trying to take over everything. And now Faith is like, oh, but you want to make me more like Buffy. You want to be more like like me. You, yeah. you want me to be more like you. But like, excuse me, you're the one that's trying to make Buffy like you. Right? It's like, it's like Buffy, said. <laughs> Buffy didn't want you to be... Buffy like she wanted you to be just a little more chill (laughs) yeah you were just you were up here and she needed you to be down here faith you were just a little too intense for sunnydale she is very intense you're you're intense for she's intense for new orleans (laughs) but new orleans is a different kind of vibe but like i know i'm just i was just saying like oh she had to leave She was yeah, I mean, no, well, no, it wasn't New Orleans. It was oh, Missouri with the Missouri, Gators. Missouri. That's I right. Know, the yeah. the Gators got us all mixed up. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, it was yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, weird episode, but important episode. Very pivotal. Yeah. Uh, that's it for this week. Thank you all for listening, and make sure you join us next time when we take on season three, episode sixteen, Doppelgangland. Oh yeah, uh, which will see both the return of Anya. And Vampire Willow. I, I, there, there's some scenes with Anya in this upcoming episode that I absolutely love. And again, it's, it's, a, and another, it, cause it's a bronze thing. So I can't wait to, to get into that. Until then, you can check out our various social media channels, all of which will be listed in the show notes. And if you like the show and you want to let us know it, you can subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to your podcasts or write to us directly at thewatchersdiaries at gmail.com. Bye. Bye.